want apple juice. Lucas wants apple juice. I know, I heard him can say I that. Can I have apple juice? Yeah, you can have apple juice. Can I have soda? Yes, you can have soda. Can I press that button? No, you can't press that button. Why? Because that's going to play the theme song. I'm not ready to start Click. the pot. What's up, guys? James Gutman here on High Pod. I'm Dad. Welcome back to another edition of the show. It is Friday and it's December. We made it. It's the last month of 2023, a year that has, it's insane. It's gone by so quickly, yet so much has happened. I got to tell you, man, usually we start these things off. I, I do all the plugs and stuff, but it's really weird. Maybe it's Spotify. I'm going to put the blame on Spotify for this because it is the beginning of December yet I am looking back on the year already um, as just a a totally complete event that has really been life-changing. This has been, without a doubt, the most um, monumental year I've ever had in my life. And this is coming from somebody who had a quintuple bypass. This is coming from somebody who has... Um, you know, special needs child, diagnosed, all these different things that I've been through. But 2023 came in like a lion and went out like a lamb. We'll talk about it eventually, too. You guys know I talked about it a year ago. Which this is one of the times where it seems like 100,000 years ago of how bad everything was. Last year, I, I had gotten this job. It had been eliminated. I ended up right before the holidays uh, with nothing. I had no income. I was uh, you know, doing everything I could to bring money in and then my car died. And then since then I sat down and I said I'm going to I'm going to figure out a plan and I'm going to make things better and this year has been incredible. And where I am now versus where I was a year ago is ridiculously like night and day. And already here we are we're December 2023. The beginning of 2024 I have already set some things up which it could be a pretty big deal, and you guys will all be a part of that. I will let you know, I promise. Um, both of them currently out of my hands, waiting for some things to come through. Um, if even one of them does, it's going to be pretty awesome. So we'll be all updated, but I wanted to thank you guys for this because you've given me the opportunity to um, talk out some of my feelings, and you guys have known by going back through some of the old blogs and some of the old podcasts that there was a time where... You know, I mean, things things are up, things are down. I shared a lot of information about my life and about myself through the years. And it's been so helpful. You know, and even now to look back on some of them, I'm like, oh, I can't believe I, I talked about that or I talked about this. But it's helpful and it's good. And I think often, you know, men, people in general, we're kind of discouraged from sharing our lives. But I've been fortunate to have the opportunity with you guys. So thank you. Uh, whether it's through here or whether it's through highblogomdad.com, my weekly blog, Monday, Wednesday, writing new stuff every week, talking about you know raising my kids, I have a 15-year-old daughter, and talking about my son. He's 12, he's nonverbal, being his advocate uh, and trying to explain to people what exactly nonverbal autism means. That's been my goal here. and That's what I've been trying to do. And this past week, I talked about one of those aspects of it, um, and it kind of ties into this whole idea of, 
you know, looking back on the last year and seeing the improvement. And the idea was, and this is what I wrote about, it was about the parenting fears when your child is diagnosed with autism versus the reality of what ends up happening. Without a doubt, the hardest part of being a autism parent, as they call it, autism dad, however you want to put it, was the worry in the beginning. That eclipsed everything else. Anything that I have to do, whether it's, you know, helping him with some of his basic needs or, you know, um, understanding some of his, um, I say personality quirks, his emotional outbursts at times when sometimes there's no reason for it. He'll get very excited and just scream. Um, and you can't tell if it's a happy scream or a sad scream. Just try to decipher what that is. That's not that hard. The hardest thing was the worry and the concern. Again, you have a baby. Anybody who has a baby, whether it's uh, neurotypical, on the spectrum, whatever, you don't know who that baby is. You just know you have a baby. You try to picture that baby as, as an adult or growing up, and you have no idea what you're seeing. You don't know how they're going to be, who they're going to be. And that happened with my daughter. I remember looking at her as a baby and thinking to myself, one day there's going to be a, a person in my house who has this face, but she's going to be a person. She's not going to be a baby. I couldn't even fathom it. And now... She's here. She's a person. She's got the face. There's times where I talk to her, uh, whether it's positive or negative, and I just look at her and my I flash back to that baby in the bouncer. Don't tell her I said this, but it's uh, it's weird. It's like they, they talk about in movies and commercials and stuff like that, where the dad looks at the kid and they can see the kid as a baby again. You're like, oh my God, that's, I, that's life. That's real. That's a thing, you know? But it also illustrates the fact that as a baby, it's hard to determine who they're going to become. Now, Pretend you have that situation. Let's say you're like, I'm, I'm talking to the people now who don't have you know, special needs children or children with autism. Imagine you're in that position. You have a baby. You don't know who that baby is going to be. And the only thing you know is that you're told your baby um, is has autism or is on the spectrum or what, however they put it. They All they do is they tell you something that you've been taught up until that moment was one of the biggest negatives that you could have in your life. Nobody told me anything really about autism before he had it. All I knew was how to spot it. I didn't really know what it was. You know, the hand flapping. Oh no, he's flapping his hands. Oh no, he's spinning. He's spinning a top on the ground. You know, we would get like little like plate things and he would watch it spin and kind of watch it go. He would take a, a ball. See, here's the thing. I knew about hand flapping and I knew about plate spinning and I watched for that. And there were, on occasion, he would do those things where he would like flap his hands, I get a little worried about, but not a lot. But this just speaks to how different autism is for every you know person and it speaks to how little some of us really know about it because he didn't do those things. Lucas liked to bounce a ball. We had a, this little bouncing like handball. Handballs were a big thing in our house for a while. I wrote about a story about my daughter and this, the story of Ballo is one of the first... Uh, First blogs I wrote back in the day where this old man, as we were walking to school, kind of tossed us a handball and we're like, hey, thanks. And we walked away with the ball. And it wasn't until later when uh, uh, my, my wife at the time had said, did he expect you to throw it back? And I was like, oh, shit, maybe he did expect it. <laughs> we walked away keeping it. I think about that to this day. It was always so funny. We were like, hey, thanks, man. And we just walked away. I mean, there's a good chance he wanted us to keep it, but I don't know, maybe not. Um, either way, we liked handballs and Lucas liked them too. And what he would do is he would sit there on the floor and he would hold the ball like three inches off the ground and let it go and then catch it. And he would let it bounce and go, and it would make this like 
rapid bouncing noise. And I would do it with him. We did it together. And it wasn't until he got a little bit older that I'm like, oh, this could be like a stimming thing. Because I didn't know what stimming was. I didn't understand what that was either. I didn't know why he did some of the things he did. Um, I learned about chinning, which to this day he does, where he likes to kind of put, you know, push his chin up a little bit and he makes me squeeze his face. He has all different things that he has me do. But what I'm saying is I didn't know initially what these these things were. All I knew was that I had to look out for autism. Watch out. Watch out. Your kid will catch autism if you're not careful. Be sure that you feed him the right milk. Be sure that you read him the right stories. Be sure that you dress him in the right clothes or you might catch the autism. But nobody ever tells you what it is. You're never told that. Well, if he does have autism, what ends up happening is blank, nothing, zero. They would tell me he had autism and I would go in and I would ask them what that meant and no one would tell me. And I got so mad at so many people. I'm like, how, how does he have autism? He hugs me. Some kids with autism hug. Yeah, but he's like, he smiles and he laughs. Some kids with autism smile and laugh. But he's not bothered by loud noises. Some kids with autism. It would go through this all the time. So is he going to speak? Well, anything can happen. Yeah, but is he like probably never going to speak? Well, anything can happen. Yeah, but like what are the chantleys? Do you think he might or anything? And you just want to strangle these doctors. Because no one would tell you anything. And that led to the fear of who he would become. Because I had no idea. I didn't know who he would become. I didn't know what a nonverbal boy with autism looks like. You know, I'm sure I've, I've met them. I'm sure throughout my life I've interacted with people and that's a job. I never really thought about it because it didn't affect me. We don't think of anything until it's at our doorstep. We don't think of anything until it affects us one-on-one. And when it affected me one-on-one, I still didn't know what to expect. And here I am. It's now you know, 10 years later, he's 12 years old. And I know what to expect. And this kid is great. He's great in so many ways. And again, we go back to autism appreciation, which I hammer and I hammer and I hammer because I think so many bloggers like me and, and people like that, sometimes um, they focus on you know, acceptance and awareness. But a lot of times, um, and I'm, I don't mean to overgeneralize, there's people that I follow on Facebook. And if, if you see me following some of these autism blogs on Facebook, I, there's a lot of positives that are out there. But the reason why I began the blog that I began today was because initially I had looked online for information about autism and I found a lot of negative stuff. You know, I've talked about that one where the woman was writing about how she was crying and it was like a, you know, imagine scenario about when she puts her kid in a home one day and how she failed him. And I was like, I was waiting for the, the happy and there was no happy ending. It was just freaking misery. And here I am with this two year old and I don't know what to expect. And I'm like, Oh, this is, this is going to ruin my life. That's what this woman is telling me. It's going to ruin my life to have a boy with autism. It didn't ruin my life. Not at all. In fact, as he's gotten older, I've learned to accept, you want to talk about autism acceptance, I've learned to accept um, how autism affects him and me in our lives, and even his sister too. I have his sister doing some things now. I have her unbuckle him out of the, out of the car when she can. I have him call, and I have her call him for food or bring him downstairs with her when they're upstairs. Things like that, trying to get her involved as well and, and helping along. But a lot of the things that we do for him, they're there, man. They're abundant. My morning routine is so much more than it is for somebody else with a with a twelve and a fifteen year old. You know, in many ways, it's it's like still having you know a toddler. 
and I take care of it and I do those things, but it's easier than I dreamed because I love this kid. And when you go into his room in the morning and you have to get him ready for school in a way that, you know, maybe other parents or 12 year olds don't have to do, um, it would be tough. But for me, I go in there and he claps and he grabs my neck and he gives me a hug and a kiss and he makes me feel like a rock star every morning, you know? And that's why I appreciate his autism in that sense. If I'm having a bad day, you know, Lucas doesn't sit there moody because something happened to him at school. In fact, it's out of sight, out of mind for him. I could be going through the worst thing in the world and he will tap me on the shoulder. I would look at him and he will just laugh and smile and give me a kiss for what I, I don't know the reason for it, but it just felt like doing it. So he does it. And that's what I appreciate about his autism. I appreciate the fact that I have two kids and for each of them, I have a relationship that I have with no one else in the world. You know, if I had two neurotypical kids, my relationship with the two of them would be similar. If I had two kids on the autism spectrum, my relationship with the two of them would be similar. But these two kids, one with and one without autism, um, both have a unique bond with me that I don't have with anybody else. And I'm grateful for it. And I love it. And I got to tell you guys, if you are one of these parents and you found this podcast and you found my blog and you are struggling and you are worried about who your kid will grow up to be, rest assured, it's not, I'm not telling you everything's going to be okay or everything's going to be perfect. I'm telling you that whatever you're imagining will not match what you will really have in your life in many ways. Um, it's time, it's patience, it's understanding. Uh, it's just accepting the fact that you can get through it. You can get through anything, man. We all get through everything. People tell us all the time. It's like, you're so strong. You know, something great happens. They're like, how do you do it? And it's like, how do I do what? Not not be dead? <laughs> you just have to live. You have to keep going. You have to keep moving. You have to keep moving forward. And eventually these things that you can't even fathom become the norm. They become a part of your life. They become routine and you move forward with them. And that's what we're doing. So thank you for listening to these things because at the end of the day, my goal is to make other people see what I've had the opportunity to see in my own life. You know, time heals everything and time really answers all questions. And it's answered all questions for me. Thank you guys for listening for another week. I'm going to be back next Friday. I will be back next Friday. I appreciate all of you who subscribe, like, subscribe, follow me on social media. Hi, James Gutman. That's me. I'm on uh, Instagram, on uh, Facebook and all that stuff. Check me out. I appreciate it. Uh, and go to highblogomdad.com. Uh, follow along, subscribe. I'll be back here next week. Till then, James Gutman, be well. Bye, pod. I'm done.